was the bottom of the ninth with McGuire up the bat. Feeling so at home in my giant ace cap. I was eight years old, wearing gold and green. From my head to my toes, rap game Billy Bean. She was my first kiss, but I don't think it counts. On the kindergarten trip to the Oakland Firehouse. Sitting in the stands with her family. With the baseball glove her dad handed me. As the season unfolded, we held our breath. Watching Ricky Henderson, the quickest runner in the West. Hello, and welcome to the podcast Jokestrap with Wes Hoffman. Here, Wes will discuss two of his favorite things, which are sports and stand-up comedy. Hence the name Jokestrap. If you like this episode, please subscribe to us on Spotify, SoundCloud, or iTunes, or wherever podcasts are available. With that being said, please enjoy this episode of Jokestrap. Hey everybody, welcome to episode number 106. This is Wes Hoffman, and this is the podcast Jokestrap. Thank you very much for listening. If it is your first time, welcome. If you're a returning listener, welcome. If you're somebody else that doesn't quantify as either of those, which would seem kind of weird because I don't know how that would happen, uh, welcome to you as well. Um, hi. Um, let's get into it, huh? Let's uh, start with uh, the one sport where everything is not happening, but news is being made regardless. Because even though they're in a lockdown, even in a lockout, I should say, um... The Major League, the Major League, it's not the Major League. People that call it the MLB, you guys are wrong. I saw that the uh, trending on Twitter was the MLB. Uh, It's not the MLB. It's just MLB, guys. It's not the Major League Baseball. It's just Major League Baseball. Anyway, MLB was trending on Twitter the other day, even though basically nothing was happening in the MLB except for the Hall of Fame vote which occurred on uh, Tuesday, January 25th. Um, This year's uh, Hall of Famers were voted on by the Baseball Writers Association um, and how you become a voter and all that, uh, I still don't understand. I haven't really looked into it. I just know it's writers that vote on these things. And some of the writers share who they voted for on Twitter, and some of them do not. Uh, This year, I really wish everyone would have shared so we can point fingers at those who got it wrong. (laughs) So this year was uh, pretty important in terms of the Baseball Hall of Fame. Um, There was a lot of holdovers from previous years on the ballot. There was three, no, four guys um, on their 10th year on the ballot which means if they didn't get voted in in their 10th year, they'd fall off the ballot. They're not going to be on next year's ballot, so they're no longer going to be eligible after this year unless they get voted in by the old-timers committee or whatever it's called later on. So, um, yeah. Here you go. Here's the breakdown of how the Hall of Fame voted this year. Now, you have to get or how the writers voted this year. You have to get over 75% of the total votes to make it into the Hall of Fame. And uh, so this is uh, just how some of the results, uh, uh, how they went down. So David Ortiz got 77.9%. Uh, Boston Red Sox, Primarily in his career, played with the Minnesota Twins also. Big-time slugger, mostly played designated hitter. A lot of clutch home runs, a lot of clutch hits during the playoffs um, in regular season. 
David Ortiz. He makes it. All right, cool. Second, Barry Bonds. 66% of the vote. It's his final year of eligibility. He does not make it. The dude leads the world in home runs, career home runs. He has the most. If you don't know that already, then I don't know what's wrong with you. He, most dominating player of his era. Most feared player of his era, uh, batting-wise. And he didn't make it. The dude got intentionally walked with the bases loaded. He was so good. Barry Bonds does not make the Hall of Fame. Why? Oh, oh, you know, the, the whole steroid thing where Bonds didn't even test positive for, but it's just assumed he took him. So, based off that, they're like, ah, no, we're not going to vote him in. Oh, and also, you can... You can write down that it's probably also because um, he didn't get along well with the media. That's another reason. Because he didn't want to talk to the media. And the media didn't like that. He was rude. So there's that. And, and, and you might also add another factor if you want to go even further. Um, it might be different if he wasn't black. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I, it might play a f small factor, actually, sadly. Your next guy on the list. Now, I'll be, obviously, the rest of these guys I'm going to mention, none of them made it. None of them got the above 75%. So, David Ortiz was the only one that got in. The next guy was Roger Clemens. He is 65.2%. Also, in his final year of eligibility. Also, bullshit for the writers, the ones that didn't vote him in. This, I mean, they sh Clemens and Bond should have been in a long time ago. We shouldn't be talking about this. But Clemens, another guy subjective, taking steroids, PEDs, performance enhancer drugs. He was on the Mitchell Report, which was never even the thing until... Anyway, I'm going to get into that later. Um... But Roger Clemens doesn't make it. Seven-time Cy Young winner. Most ever. Thousands of strikeouts. <laughs> Over 300 career wins. All the stats any player should have to get into the Hall of Fame. Won two World Series, seven ERA titles, was an MVP once, 354 career wins, man. Yeah. Struck out 4,672 batters. Not in the Hall of Fame. What the fuck? Who, who, else, who else got shafted this year, huh? Okay, let's see. Next on the ballot that in the percentage category is Scott Rowland, 63.2%. Okay. Um, he still has years of eligibility left. Um, he's climbing up the charts in terms of percentage. What do I think about him making it? Um, let me just look real quick. Um, 
let's see, seven-time All-Star, eight-time Gold Glover, got a World Series, got a Rookie of the Year. Um, as far as I know, he's never had any problems with the media. Uh, 2,077 career hits, 316 home runs. To be honest, the numbers to me don't speak Hall of Fame. Um, I'm not too impressed with these numbers, 1,287 RBI. But the chances of him making it in, I think, the gold glove numbers are impressive. Eight, eight gold gloves. So, I don't know. Does he... Is he a lock, in my opinion? Not necessarily, but he's trending upwards. Kurt Schilling was next, 58.6%. Another guy in his 10th year of eligibility. Also going to fall off the ballot. And Kurt Schilling, I I don't know either. Um, I mean, he was a six-time All-Star. All -Star. He got three-time World Series champ. He was a World Series MVP. Um, he had over 3,000 strikeouts. But to me, the only thing impressive about Schilling's numbers were the strikeouts. Um, he pitched a lot of innings. He had a few. He had three years when he won over 20 games. He, I mean, 20. he pitched 20 years and had 216 career wins. Um, I think, like, if he was pitching... In today's game, like 20 years later, like I think it would be more of a chance for him to have made it. But uh, I don't know. Some people are saying he got robbed, and I'm not so sure I agree with Kurt Schilling getting robbed. I just don't think his numbers are there in comparison with other pitchers during his time. All right, now Todd Helton, he's another guy that's... Um, got is on the rise in terms of percentage he's got 52 percent um and uh let's see three gold gloves five-time all-star four-time silver slugger played his whole career with the colorado rockies 17 years 316 batting average 2519 career hits uh 369 home runs and 1,406 RBI. I think Helton Helton gets in. I think he deserves to get in. Uh, the knock against him is going to be that he played at home in Colorado. But we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, so that's Todd Helton. And then next on the list, I'm not going to go through all their stats. I'm just going to go through a few of them here. But uh, the next on the list was Billy Wagner. He's at 51%. Uh, okay, this guy should definitely be in the Hall of Fame um, soon, sooner than later. Um, he was a seven-time All-Star. Um, he has career 422 saves, uh, which is like, I believe... Fifth all time now, I want to say. I believe he's after John Franco in uh, career saves. Let me double check that real quick. 
Uh, I'm sorry. He is sixth all-time. John Franco's fifth. So he has 422 career saves, so he should make it. I think Eckersley is right behind him in saves. Eckersley's in. I know Eckersley had a lot of wins also in his career. Um, but, but then again, John Franco at 424 saves isn't in the Hall of Fame. So we'll see what happens with Francisco Rodriguez next year. He'll be eligible for the Hall of Fame, and he's sitting at 437 career saves. Will K-Rod get in? Because if K-Rod gets in, that speaks to Wagner's case. I don't know. We'll see. I think Wagner should get in, though. He was a dominant closer for a long time. What else? All right. So next on the list, um, after Wagner, Andrew Jones was at 41.1%. I think he should be in. Gary Sheffield, 40.6%. I also think he should be in. 500 career home runs. That usually does it. I mean, he has a little over 500, but he's at that, you know, that setting, that milestone 500. He reached it. Alex Rodriguez, 34.3%. He'll still be on the ballot. Is he ever going to get voted in? He got, he actually got suspended now for steroid use. Um, He admitted to it. But do we hold that against him? I mean, someone say if you want Bonds and Clemens to get in, you should make the same case for Rodriguez. Although his was a little later, I suppose. But who knows? I mean, A-Rod has the numbers for sure. Jeff Kent, 32.7%. I'm kind of up in the air on whether or not I agree with him being a Hall of Famer. Um, Manny Ramirez, 28.9%. He should be a Hall of Famer, I think. But again, he's under that that limelight steroid use. Omar Vizquel, 23.9%. Now, this guy has dropped drastically after news came out of his, like, like violence... (laughs) What was it? Violence or I don't think. Yeah, he has some like. What was it? Omar Vizquel. Violent behavior. <laughs> no, uh, he was accused of domestic violence. That what? That's what it was. Uh, yeah. So it came out in December, two thousand twenty. Tw- sorry, December twenty twenty, that he had um, been accused of domestic violence and. Uh, Ever since that news, his like, like he w- he was looking like he was going to get closer and closer, and he fell by a lot this year. So people are voting for the Hall of Fame based on that, okay? Um, which I agree. I mean, I agree that the domestic violence is not a good look. Um, but what does that? have to say about like guys like Ty Cobb like one of the most violent dicks of all time and he's in the Hall of Fame I don't know um Sammy Sosa is at 18.5% he has fallen off should he be in the Hall of Fame absolutely Andy Pettit 10.7% man 
he got busted for steroids uh, as well. Um, he admitted to it, got suspended. Um, he has a pretty impressive resume, though. 256 career wins. I mean, should he be in? I'd say he possibly has a case. Um, but it's not looking like it's going well. Uh, Jimmy Rollins, 9.4%. I'm not sure I would put him in. Bobby Abreu, 8.6%. I, I wouldn't put him in. Mark Burley, 5.8%. Nah, uh, probably not. I don't think I would put him in. I mean, he was good. But just the numbers. I don't think I would put him in. And then finally, you had Tory Hunter, who just squeaked by getting barely over 5%, so he could stick around another year. Let's see. I just want to look at Burley's stats real quick. Burley, 214 career wins. Yeah, I, I don't see him getting in, um, even though he did have five all-star appearances and four gold gloves. And, and was a all-around good guy. Um. So yeah, that's kind of like how it went down, and um, it's just bullshit. I mean, Bond should be in, Clemens should be in, um, Sheffield should be in by now. Manny Ramirez should be in. Sosa should be in. The only thing against these guys are, you know. Either they were suspected of taking steroids or they did. Anyway, there's steroid connection. It's the, it's the only thing keeping them out. And uh, the thing is, the guy in the Hall of Fame, Bud Selig, he was the commissioner during during all this going down when when. When Bonds was supposedly juicing, when Jose Canseco was juicing, when Mark McGuire, who should also be in the Hall of Fame, was juicing. Bud Selig was the commissioner. And did he do anything about this? No. He didn't do anything at all. He turned the other cheek. He didn't do shit. They didn't care. Bonds and, or not Bonds, but uh, McGuire and uh, Sosa brought big baseball back to life. After the 1994 strike, uh, baseball was... Uh, uh, like, oh no, we're gonna lose all our, you know, we're 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 losing fans. We need to get the fans back. And McGuire and Canseco, or McGuire and Canseco, McGuire and Sosa, like, had this home run chase in 1998 and stormed the world. <laughs> like, everybody was paying attention. Even non-baseball fans were paying attention to this home run race between. McGuire and Sosa. And McGuire ended up uh, beating Roger Maris's record, um, getting 70 home runs that year. Sosa had 66. They both played in the same division, which made it even better because they played each other a lot. It was awesome. But no, Sillig does nothing. Later on, Sillig gets to the Hall of Fame himself, which is a joke because he sucked as a commissioner. And then... I was watching a documentary um, the other day from Jose Canseco. It's from 2016 called A Truth Hurts. And uh, 
Jose Canseco wrote a book called Juiced. And Juiced was published. Let me see what year that was. Juiced was published originally in 2005. Okay. And uh, I could not put this book down. Like, I don't read a lot, but this book, when it came out, I could not put it down. And in it, in Juiced, Canseco talks about steroids and how he took them. And then he starts mentioning other players that took steroids. Now, in the documentary, um, Canseco says he wasn't going to mention players in the book. Like, the original transcript of the book didn't even have players' names mentioned. He was writing the book because he was mad at Major League Baseball because he felt blackballed by Major League Baseball um, because he thought he could have still been playing um, with with the team uh, following his 2001 season, but he felt like he was being blackballed by the league. So he was mad at Major League Baseball, so he wanted to write this book. And then uh, the publishers were like, oh, no, you can't. Uh, we, we're not going to be able to publish this unless you mention names of the other people. So it wasn't until then that he added names of the other people like McGuire um, and Paul, Rafael Palmero and uh, Sammy Sosa having taken steroids. So, so that was interesting. So it's just Major League Baseball has all this power and then in the when they went before Congress, uh, Sosa, Palmero, and McGuire. McGuire said no comment. Sosa said he hadn't taken steroids. And Palmero said he, he never did. And then they, uh, all three of them aren't in the Hall of Fame now. All three of those guys, Canseco mentioned, are in the Hall of Fame. Whether they did it or not. They're not in. Um, apparently, Palmero ended up having a positive test come back. And this was after his career was over. So Palmero racked up 3,000 career hits and over 3,000 career hits and over 500 career home runs. You know, stats that would get you in the Hall of Fame. And then right after his career ended, this report came out that he had tested positive. And it was just kind of like swept under the rug. Major League Baseball was trying to hide it. Um, but he's not in. So then there's, you know, the Mitchell report came out. And it, it said all these players were taking steroids. And then it wasn't until Canseco wrote the book that Major League Baseball was like, oh, we got to clean up the game. We got to clean up the game. Nobody was keeping track of this shit. So why are you punishing Bonds and Clemens and Sosa? It makes no sense. It's stupid. But let's put in Selig into the Hall of Fame. Because he did a good job. No, he didn't do a good job. He did not. Hell, Major League Baseball hasn't had a good commissioner since Bart Giamatti. 
It's a fucking joke. Pete Rose should be in the Hall of Fame, man. You got the guy with the most career hits, the most career Cy Young awards, the most career home runs. None of those guys are fucking in. What is it going to take? And what what's a joke is that you go to a Hall of Fame museum in Cooperstown and you see the shit that these guys use in game on display. Like they have the the bats from like the bats and jerseys from McGuire and Sosa's epic home run race of 1998. They like display those, you know? They display Pete Rose's helmet or whatever. Like what the fuck? Like, yeah, it happened, but uh, nope. <laughs> we don't like them. That's fucked up. It's all or nothing, I say. Fucking stupid. I don't get it, man. I really would like to know the writers that didn't vote vote for Bonds and Clemens. For Bonds, Clemens, Sheffield, Manny. Sosa, 18.5% for Sosa. Why is he so much lower than Barry Bonds? Is it because he's not not fully black anymore? Like, what? What is it? It's because his, his pigment changed? Come on, man. I don't understand. Hopefully they get in, man. Hopefully they do. All right. I've spent a lot of time talking about this, like 25 minutes already, and I still haven't covered the other sports. But anyway, yeah, it's stupid. The Hall of Fame process is stupid. They need to change it. Um, there was somebody uh, saying that they should uh, have the Hall of Fame inductees that are already there vote who they think should be in with them, which I think is kind of cool idea. Um, but then they might be playing favorites. I don't know. Um, I don't know. It's tough to say, but, uh, there has to be a better way. There has to be. It's people that are more familiar with the game need to be the ones voting them in. Not these writers who are like, oh, I just don't like the fact that he did this. He cheated. Everybody fucking did that during that time. You understand? And then to say that, oh, no, he's not a Hall of Famer, but then the record still stands, right? Who hit the most career home runs? Ask anybody. Barry Bonds. Oh, it's still Barry Bonds? Yeah, it's still Barry Bonds. Not a Hall of Famer, though. Not a fucking Hall of Famer. So fucking stupid. Fix your shit, Major League Baseball. Come on and fix your shit with the players right now with this lockdown. This keep on a lockdown, but lockout, man. They're they're close to starting spring training, and it's getting to the point where some spring training games might even get canceled here. Uh, you're gonna lose money, owners. You realize that, right? The spring training games are canceled. Doesn't look good on you, does it? Come on, guys. Get it together. Come to an agreement. Stop being so greedy. Owners. This is the owners. This isn't the players. This is the owners, man. 
Get your shit together. We do not need 14 playoff teams. We don't need that shit. The players already agreed to play more playoff games. They just don't want 14 playoff teams. Do 12 teams and then expand the wild card playoff to three-game format or whatever. To best of three. Then you have your, you know, your precious playoff games that you want and some more revenue. But then you don't have to let everybody into the fucking playoffs. Because it's stupid, man. You don't need to do that. Why play 162 games a year if half the teams are going to make the playoffs anyway? It doesn't make sense. Fix it. Oh, man. What did I see? Um, some dumb rule. The Frontier League. Frontier League, uh, which is kind of like a partner with Major League Baseball, is doing this. A sudden death extra innings rule that they're implementing um, is fucking stupid. <laughs> so, okay. All right. So the 10th inning is going to start with the normal runner on second base, right? Okay. Or I shouldn't say normal, but they've done it the last couple of years in the major leagues. So they're going to continue with that. And the 10th inning, runner on second, you know. Uh, but if neither team scores in the 10th inning, then in the 11th inning, the home team gets to decide whether or not they want to play offense or defense. Okay, what? So let's say the home team's like, oh, we want to play offense. Okay, so you get a guy on first base to start the inning. And if you can't score him, you lose. But if you do score him, you win. The other team doesn't bat at all. It, it all relies on what is so sudden death. Come on. If that ever makes it to the majors. Oh, my goodness. Can you imagine? Oh, I don't want to. God, that's stupid. It's such a dumb rule. Like, <laughs> I think you would be better off to pick defense like every time. Okay, because like, okay, we just made it through the 10th inning and neither of us scored with the guy on second. And now we're going to try to score from with this guy from first. Hmm. I think I think defense would more th than likely win most of those. Assuming, you know, your pitching's all right. Ah, man. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> I was like, are you serious? Is this really happening? Are you doing this? There's 11. I don't know if I already said this. There's 11 AAA teams in the minors next year or this coming season that are going to be doing the um, robot balls and strikes. We'll see how that goes. Um, ay, ay, ay. Always worried about the stupid things. How can we how can we speed up the the pace of play and uh how can we you know do all this stuff and uh, I don't know how how can you I don't fucking know man Ugh. All right so um some exciting news for Warriors fans Golden State Warriors um found out today that Stephen Curry 
and Andrew Wiggins were named starting All-Stars for the Western Conference. Huh? That's incredible. Uh, did not expect Wiggins to be a starter. I was even questioning whether or not he would make the team at all, and here he is, starter. So it's possible the Warriors could get a third All-Star when the reserves are announced next week. Uh, Draymond Green could make the team. Uh, he is currently injured, though, so he would probably be replaced if he did make the team. But uh, I still think he deserves a spot. Uh, the Warriors have been 7-7 seven and seven in games that Draymond Green misses. Um, much better record when he's on the court. So kind of speaks to his, uh, you know, speaks to his uh, significance to the team. So I think he deserves to be on the team. We'll find out next week, though. Um. Yeah. So the Golden State Warriors are currently sitting at um second place. Still, they're three and a half games back of the Suns now. They're thirty-five and thirteen, and the Suns are still <laughs> only with nine losses at thirty-eight and nine. Come on, Suns! You got to lose one more, man. You can't. You can't be breaking the Warriors' record <laughs> or tying the Warriors' record of seventy-three and nine. Come on. I'm sure they will, but and then uh, there's the Memphis Grizzlies are three games behind the Warriors there. Yep. So do uh, do do do, and I'm still trying to calm down from my baseball right here. <laughs> uh, and then uh, in the National Hockey League, the San Jose Sharks have fallen out of a potential playoff spot now, sadly. Um, they're sitting fifth in the Pacific Division. They're at 22-19-2. Um, they're behind the Calgary Flames currently. Actually, the Flames and them have the same amount of points, but the Sharks are a little bit behind them regardless. Um, so... So, yeah, uh, they're still right on the cusp. And it sounds like uh, the Edmonton Oilers are going to be signing Evander Kane for the rest of the season. So uh, the NHL did investigating and decided they're not going to further discipline Evander, yet Evander is still a free agent. So I didn't understand that because... I thought the investigation was to see whether or not they, the Sharks were right in that they could release Kane on the grounds that they did, and then the NHL was like, "Well, we couldn't, we couldn't prove anything, so we're not gonna, we're, there's no not gonna be further discipline." But then they are still like, "Okay, we're with the Sharks in terms of it being okay that they released him." So that's kind of weird, right? I don't understand that. So it, I think there's still negotiations or there's still going to be a lawsuit between Kane's people and the Sharks, and they're still going to try to get money from the San Jose Sharks. Uh, as far as what the Edmonton's paying them, it's a, it's a really small amount. So, um, But Edmonton will be visiting the San Jose Sharks February 14th on Valentine's Day. So, 
what a romantic reunion that's going to be if uh, Evander Kane is in San Jose on the 14th. <laughs> That'd be pretty crazy. Uh, my friend Jeremy thinks that uh, Kane's going to end up fighting Hurdle because <laughs> Hurdle's the reason Kane's gone. I don't know. We'll see. Hurdle's not much of a fighter, but he might be up for it. We shall see. Also in hockey news, um, I saw that the Arizona Coyotes um, were talking about going to play the next three seasons. What was it? In ASU, the, the college facility. So the Arizona Coyotes were told... Yeah, they're going to go play play in ASU to share the arena. Now, they're, the ASU arena seats 5,000. It seats 5,000. That's nowhere near NHL capacity. And it's also, it'll be a brand new arena for Arizona State. But the thing is, so... The city of Glendale is basically kicking the Arizona Coyotes out of town. Uh, the Coyotes were late on some payments, and Glendale said, enough is enough. Get out of here. 2021-2022 season is going to be the last for you guys. So leave after this. So the Coyotes are in talks with uh, Arizona State University to share a 5,000-seat arena for like the next two to three years while Arizona is hoping that they get a new arena built in what sounds like Tempe, Arizona. That's crazy, man. Kind of sucks. I mean, 5,000 seats for a hockey arena is not that much at all in the NHL. So, be interesting to see what happens there. Um, Yeah. Anyway, uh, what else? Um, oh, duh. Like the most important sports news right now. Uh, the San Francisco 49ers won last week. They beat the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers. Uh, they propelled the victory on January 22nd. And now they will play the... I always want to say St. Louis, but they're not St. Louis anymore. They will play the Los Angeles Rams on January 30th, Sunday. Uh, it's about a, I think it's like a 3.30 game on Sunday. Maybe 3.15. Uh, but yeah. So they are going to play the Rams again in LA. And the Rams, uh, at first, were going to try to block 49ers fans from buying tickets, but then realized that wasn't going to work. There's going to be a lot of 49ers fans at this game in SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles, which is going to be pretty awesome. And, uh, yeah. So, uh, I believe the Rams are currently the three-and-a-half-point favorite, but that's okay. I like the 49ers' chances. Let's go 49ers. Let's get them. Let's get them on Sunday, all right? Let's do this. Um, and, yeah. All right. Funny stuff. Funny things to watch. Um, I really only have one suggestion to recommend this episode. Um, oh, and I've been writing some new stuff, so I'm trying to prepare myself. Maybe 
in February February uh, to get to an open mic for the first time in a long time. Uh, assuming it's okay to go out. I'm hoping. Hoping we're past this peak, this Omicron peak. Um, but uh, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. I watched on HBO Max a special from Moses Storm. Uh, and it's really good. I really enjoyed it. Moses Storm. Check it out on HBO Max. Um, it's really well done, in my opinion. I'd seen Moses once at um, Rooster Tea Feathers in Sunnyvale. Didn't introduce myself, but I had seen him there. Uh, Moses Storm is called Trash White, is the name of the special. And I say, check it out. All right. That's it for me. Talk to you guys later. Bye.